Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margot Moss. Midnight Menu Plus One is part of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. Tonight we're at Grill by the Hill, a non-existent restaurant next to Monkey Hill Bar on Magazine Street in Uptown New Orleans. Grill by the Hill closed down a while back, but on Monday nights we bring it back to life. The space is a fabulously kitsch recreation of a French quarter courtyard, complete with a ceiling of twinkling stars. Um, once a week, Margo and I meet here under the fake stars and invite a member of New Orleans restaurant community to join us. And we invite them to bring along a friend, a plus one. We never know who that plus one's going to be. Sometimes it's a friend, a neighbor, a family member, or a fellow restaurant business colleague. Um, we just don't know. Margo, I'm excited tonight for our, for our guest. Um, have an Iman... Um, from Dante's Kitchen here. It's just going to be fantastic. But before he gets here, let's. Um, we do need to let our folks know about the drink specials at our host, uh, Monkey Hill Bar. They offer listeners uh, at 6100 Magazine Street, right across from Perlis, uh, happy hour specials Monday to Friday, 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. And they have 350 well drinks, dollar off beers, dollar off wine by the glass, and a dollar off signature cocktails. Tell them Ray and Margot sent you. All right. Well, do you have anything to discuss food-wise from this week? No? Uh, well, I had some amazing uh, bread pudding made from a stale king cake that my brother made. But wow, it was wasn't it good? out. Yeah, it was fantastic. It was Which a brother? mix between a – there was some chocolate cake and uh, leftover king cake. Wow, and, uh, really? Yeah. And that turned deli- out great? It was so good, so good. Oh, yeah. wow. You, you locals can do amazing things with all <laughs> kinds of stuff. It's, uh, I'm so jealous. Maybe like 20 years from now I'll be able to do that. That's <laughs> so cool. Did you have anything uh, exciting happen during the week? No, weekend? I was so busy. I'm ashamed. I had, you, know, you know what I had for dinner tonight? Probably first <laughs> time in like six months. I had a box of mac and cheese. That's what I had for dinner. 33-cent <laughs> mac and cheese is what I had. So, uh, yeah, my, my, my food experiences were not very noteworthy. Definitely not as noteworthy as our guests, so we should b- go ahead and uh, no longer delay. Uh, our special guest at Midnight Menu Plus One tonight is is Iman Lubier, and he is the uh, genius for the last 13 years behind Dante's Kitchen, and more recently behind, um, in our neighborhood right here in this part of Uptown, uh, Noodle and Pie, a magazine in state, which I know you've enjoyed. I've enjoyed yes. several times. Uh, very excited to talk to him about that. So um, without further delay, let's, uh, let's uh, get our guest on here. Iman, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Such an honor to have you on the show. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Um, I got a couple comments about the intro that you had there. Uh-oh, what's that? Well, first off, I'm glad you didn't say you had 33-cent ramen. That's <laughs> 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 that. Mac and cheese is okay. I don't, I don't <laughs> and uh, genius, uh, I don't know so much about that. <laughs> you know, we're well, just doing our thing. Uh, well, you know, let, let, let the people decide. The people think you're a genius, so you're a genius even if you, even if you, even if you think differently. Um, you know, I, I try to go. You know, I try to go to um, lunch frequently on Sundays to Dante's. I can never get in, even though our church gets out early. I get over there about eleven thirty. There's already like a gigantic line, so uh, it's it's very very popular place for good reason. And you don't stay popular in New Orleans if you don't deserve it. Yeah, um, we're 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 very lucky that people like what we do, and we've been doing the brunch for a while, and well, since we opened, and uh, we have a really good crowd. Well, and we're very lucky about that. You know, we keep doing our thing. Now, have you been in that spot the whole time for the 13 years? I have. Um, it was Dante Street Deli when I bought it. It was a deli for about 15 years. Um, and it was uh, just 
a lunch place and then I bought it 13 years ago and set up what what it is now or what it has become um, trying to deal with uh, local farmers and bringing in fresh products and not so much um, any anything frozen or, or stuff like that everything right. we can make by hand we do uh, which was a lot harder 13 years ago. I was going to say, farm to table you know, is like very uh, popular now, and, and uh, but it probably was not that common 13 years ago, right? It was, uh, no. Logistics <laughs> were probably a lot harder, No, right? it wasn't that common. It was it was a lot harder. Um, you had a lot of old farmers growing a uh, the, the same thing that they've been growing for a couple generations. Um, very rarely, once in a while, you'd have a, a young farmer that was willing to take a risk. And you, you can't really blame them because this is how they literally put food on the table for their family, too. This is what they do for their for their living. And if some wacky chef in New Orleans says, why don't you grow 17 kinds of pumpkin for me? And I might want to <laughs> use the white ghost pumpkin or the French eaten <laughs> pumpkin, you know, and he's like, oh, I'm going to tear out my definitely sold field of vegetables and plant some pumpkins for some some guy. All of a sudden he's taking a big risk. And he doesn't, re- you know, it's not really sure how it's going to grow in that field. And they're used to growing what they were growing. But one by one, you know, you make, uh, you, you get to know people. You, you go and you, you hang out with them. You introduce yourself. You go to the farm. You just, it's a relationship. And that you have to have trust that they're going to grow it. And they have to have trust that you're going to buy it. And now, how do you have the time to do that when you're uh, starting up a new restaurant? All the chaos with that. I mean, a lot of the groundwork I laid when I was uh, sous chef at Commanders. Oh, so you're, yeah, you were at Commanders immediately before that, right? Right. right. Yeah, I was so there two for years, almost 10 years. I was, uh, 10 years? I, I worked at Commanders almost 10 years. Oh, for okay. the last couple of years, two to three years, I was chef de cuisine, which uh, pretty much ran the kitchen uh, when the chef wasn't there. Um, but I, I had all the responsibilities of dealing with the farmers and getting and any of the purveyors. The beauty of working there is anything I wanted, basically, I can I can have people return you know, to your calls when you're calling for commanders. Definitely, right? yeah, right. <laughs> definitely. I asked, and, and I had a purchasing agent that you know I would yeah. I would call up and I was messing around with him, and I'm like, can I get four pounds of whale blubber? And, <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm gonna have to look into that. And he called me back in a couple minutes, and he's like, you have to be an Inuit <laughs> to, have, to have whale blubber. And he, he actually tra- tracked it down. <laughs> I was just messing around. Wow. Now, now, whose year did that overlap with over there? I mean, uh, the chef was Jamie Shannon. Oh, okay. And yeah. I was there um, almost the entire time that he was the chef. So wow. all the 90s. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's right after Emerald. Emerald had left. Just um, left I, before you yeah. got there, I guess. And he left about a year before I got there. Okay. And Jamie was chef. And I, I worked with him. We were friends. You know, you know how New Orleans is. Everyone kind of knows each other. Yeah. And Jamie and I w- were friends. And it, it, it was good. Working with with a good friend, and I, and I made a very good friend with uh, Ella Brennan also, mm. which kind of the strict um, teacher from school where you don't realize it at the time, but you're really happy later that somebody <laughs> took so much time with you and uh, put a lot of time into you. And I, I was very happy and very lucky for that, too. So you don't look old enough. Like So 23 years it's been since you started at Commanders. So was that yeah. your first, like right out nah. of college, you went right to... Commanders, uh, or did you do something else? No, I worked in a couple other restaurants before. Okay. I, I, I moved to New Orleans in 86 after college huh. and looking for something that wasn't where I was from. And I used to hang around the kitchen with my, my grandma, 
when she would do uh, when she would always cooked for the whole family. But it wasn't a big thing in my life, cooking and and eating eating out or any of that. Came to New Orleans basically to have some fun. Loved the city. I moved here in July. It was hotter than I'd ever seen. It rained har- harder. <laughs> You're from in the Jersey originally, right? Yeah, I'm Jersey from Jersey City. Yeah. Jersey City. That's right. Yeah, right. And Me too. sort of not Jersey City, but Jersey. Yeah. It's a uh, yeah. New Orleans was a nice change of pace from there. So uh, you just had you heard about New Orleans? Had you a a good friend of mine who lived here? A good friend of mine who I grew up with, he went to Tulane, and we graduated at the same time. And he was like, "Hey, you want to come stay in New Orleans? I'm going to stay here." I was like, "Sure, I'm ready. Let's go." (laughs) So we we moved down on uh, uh, Valence and Magazine, and oh yeah, lived there for a couple years, two three years, you know. And the rest of you know had to pay the rent, so. So did you work any really bad restaurants before Commanders? I couldn't say that. No. <laughs> you I, actually, tell us. I actually didn't. You know, oh, I worked okay, okay. in I worked in a a place that's now Jackmo's. It wasn't it then, but it was that was a starting spot. Wait, what was it called before it was Cafe it? Savannah? Okay, and that was way back in the day. Yeah. Um, but then you know, uh, I worked for Kevin Vizard for uh, mm. several years, and and he's also a very good friend. Um, worked around town for for. About four restaurants before I started Commanders, landed at Commanders, um, and just started going from there. So you must have had you you developed a, a passion for cooking and that in that restaurant lifestyle. I mean, I mean that sounds like I think the restaurant lifestyle kind of sucked me in within the first year, easily first couple huh. months, and it was just fun. Um, and it's this uh, what kind of adrenaline junkies. <laughs> in this business and it's uh, instant gratification it's like wow I cooked that and those people enjoyed it look at that and they're happy and <laughs> oh, I'm happy and then you're all pumped up and then you're hanging out after work and New Orleans is a good town to hang out after working mm-hmm. and get up and do it again the next day you know you feel really good about doing uh, hard work and so you met your wife here uh, that yeah, that <laughs> that's a good story too yeah. actually at Cafe Savannah she, uh, she took my application at that ah. job which is my first cooking job and she t- told the boss to hire me because she thought I was cute <laughs> <laughs> and I had gone home and told my roommate that uh, this really cute girl just took my application and I really hope I get that job <laughs> so, yeah. and then uh, we had our wedding ceremony in the same restaurant in the restaurant how much yeah. lo- later th- uh, after that that was uh, we got married in ni- 89 oh so, so not, not long no about three years later yeah. wow it's worked out yeah, so far, yeah, we're, we're going on 25 years <laughs> you now. Have, you have two yeah. teenagers, right? So two you must teenagers. have been a, a, a good employee, too, for your first cooking job, for her not to be um She taught me how to make some of those dishes. She was a, wait- a waitress, and she taught me how to make some of the dishes huh. for the front of the house. And I'm like, hey, what goes in this? And she's like, oh, this goes in, and that goes in, uh, I think. Okay, <laughs> all right, I'll make it. Here well, you go. who taught you, or when along the way did you, y- y'all, like, can can things right. right at Dante's and like pickle things and always mm. have um, yeah. did a, your grandmother do teach you that or is that something you just picked up? That was something I picked up at Commanders actually. Um, we would again working with a lot of uh, farmers and what you're, you're shooting for is getting the products that are at their peak of freshness and you get them when you, when you want to get them not a tomato that's grown in California picked when it's green and hard like a baseball and shipped across the country and let it ripen in a uh, 
in a truck with some ethylene gas put on it. <laughs> so it turns red, but it doesn't develop any more flavor once <laughs> it's off the tree. So when you're dealing with farmers, their field happens when it happens. Here you go, boom, you know, and, and uh, so you got all these tomatoes. You got 40 cases of tomatoes. All right, what are we going to do with that? Old school is uh, canning it, you know. Yeah. So we uh, we started doing that in uh, probably like 94, 95. Uh, we started doing a lot of that at, at Commanders and just had had the love of it, you know, and really enjoyed. It, it's another one of the uh, the skills that was lost or um, huh. And people have rediscovered those. The salumi is also one of those. Yeah. A whole curing chamber you set up and, and do cured meats. The, uh, so you do that at Dante's as well? We do that at Dante's also. Oh, wow. Yeah, we now, do, do you use all that in the restaurant? Or we do. do. We, ha- we have a, a rotating salumi uh, platter. Since they do take anywhere from six days to one year to make, so you have to plan ahead and and you rotate well, okay what's ready now this one's ready that one's ready let's let's pull that down uh let's go ahead and and, and it gives you a lot of room for experimentation also huh. once the customer is uh is comfortable with the work that you're doing as a chef as opposed to the dishes that you're cooking and they have the trust in huh. what you're doing they give you the 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 liberty to go ahead and uh play and have a lot more uh open space and room to, to, to play around with. And I, I say play, and I mean ingredients and, and cooking techniques and different flavors. Well, I think something, though, that takes a year, it's kind of hard to do trial and error with that because, you know, a year later, now you go, okay, it needs needs a little something else. And you gotta, it, would take, it would take a lot of years yeah. then to, uh, to develop Hopefully it that. didn't rot. <laughs> but, you know, the, the curing, uh, curing a ham is uh, old. 700 years old uh, probably a thousand years old they've been doing that and curing fish and curing hams there's a lot of you know the uh dehydrating using salt or sugar any any of the those kind of preservatives and you're not using man-made preservatives chemical preservatives you're using natural preserving methods yeah well i mean i know like ancora and uh wayfair and a bunch of other places are are doing their own they're curing their own yeah it got really popular very popular yeah got really popular in this country in the last 10 years i would say okay um, so when you were it, doing really it, you cool. were one of the first ones, you think, in New Orleans to be doing that? Um, I, I couldn't say that. Yeah. You know. Well, what um, I want to know what's uh, spurred you to mo- try pop-up with, and, and you tried that with uh, your partner, right? Uh, uh, he, he was my chef at the time. He was, time. He, he was okay. running and the kitchen. He was like my chef de cuisine at Dante's. And tell his name. Sorry. His name is Brian Armour. Oh. Okay. And he's now my partner at Noodle and Pie. All right. And again, with the the customer having the the trust and faith in what you do, there's just so far you can push the envelope in a in a restaurant where people come in and they're ex- expecting a variation on a New Orleans on New Orleans food. There's not so so much Japanese food that they're going to be expecting. So to do something like that, a, a bowl of ramen, you know, which is very popular on the East Coast and the West Coast now. And again, we wanted to play, we wanted to have some fun, and so we. You get bored in the same and standing in the same spot, so we just pushed it a little bit, and we made everything. We did a lot of reading, we did a lot of tasting. We we went to a bunch of places, um, and then we made it all ourselves after tasting it over and over and over for for weeks, and studied so many different recipes and mm-hmm. just uh, the reactions and what they. Uh, how the flavors all work together and the balance of the flavors. And a friend of mine runs a restaurant 
um, Cooley up on Britannia, and yeah. it's just open for in the daytime. Yeah. And she let us rent it out at night, and we did our pop-up over there. We packed everything up at Dante's, pots, pans, everything, <laughs> <laughs> truckloads and stuff. Brought it over, and we did it on Sunday nights and Monday nights. Would you leave it there, or you bring it all no, back? No, we, we brought it all back every oh, day. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, a, that's it, a lot of work in itself. Yeah. It, it was a lot of work, but, you know, it, it's when you're excited about doing something, it's not really like it's not really work right. until it becomes work. <laughs> and that was after about six months of doing or four months of, of doing that. Then it became work. It, it was like our our playtime all of a sudden uh, was becoming it, it was eating up more of our time. And we decided, well, if we're going to do if we're going to do this, let's really do it. And then so it took us about a year to get our concept nailed down. Um, that explains the noodle part. And then the pie part <laughs> of noodle and pie is I have a very, very good pastry chef at uh, Dante's. And she would always make some some good pies over at, uh, at Dante. And it was one thing that actually my wife said to me. You know, you can't go anywhere in this town and get any good pie. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why don't you put those things together, noodle and pie? That's what you should do. You should, like, hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's kind of catching, too, because you kind of go, those th- you know, you don't see that in the title. They don't go, yeah. Yeah, they don't right. make any sense, yeah. but they work, you know, yeah, and yeah. you can't really get either one in New Orleans at, uh, at, at too many places. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I think it's time to bring on your plus one. Why don't you introduce her for us? Oh, this is my, my good friend, Demetria Christo. All right. And she. Uh, Welcome, Demetria. Ah. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And Tell you're us what supposed she does. to be a surprise to surprise. us. Surprise! But you are. <laughs> it is a surprise. But I am happy to see you. It's you good to are see you a, again. a familiar face. Oh. And mm-hmm. tell everyone um, what what your business is, and maybe you can tell us why uh, you brought her. So my business is Eco Urban Landscaping, and we are the only local full-service landscaping company specializing in sustainable products mm-hmm. and eco-friendly practices. And a long time ago, I had the pleasure of working with you, and uh, we've grown a lot lately, I'm proud to say. Um, and early on, I know you're supposed to say the connection part, but E-Man, but early on, I want to say, I got to work at Dante. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how we met. <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. then when we were first starting Eco Urban, E-Man was our, um, just like a really good friend and business mentor and really encouraged me to think bigger. That was always what he was saying, like, you know, like, yeah, you have this day to day, but you really need to elevate the way you're thinking about everything and, and how to go about business and just have a bigger vision. So that's what I got of it. You know what I saw? I saw stopping the brain drain of what has always been a problem in New Orleans. You get a lot of bright, motivated young people that come to New Orleans and go to Tulane or go to one of Loyola, one of the colleges, and then they leave. Yeah. You know, they do four years here and then they leave. And then all of a sudden you have somebody as, as motivated and as psyched about this city as the rest of us are. And she takes the opportunity that she wants to stay here and I want to open a business. And um, also the sustainable landscaping, um, which is, is, is a popular uh, term right now. And it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And especially we, we all know how, how much sense that makes <laughs> around here now Uh, and dealing with farmers it's the same thing you know we're we're very tied to the soil we we are very tied to the soil especially over here by the river you know and a long time ago there was some really cool business overlap where um were we doing we were going to farmer chef connection 
meetings. Yeah, yeah we, tr- um, we, we were trying to get a bunch of chefs and farmers together um, just to meet each other. Just like I said, you make a relationship and you make a friend. And Dimitri was very helpful and uh, instrumental in getting that together. You know, it takes a lot of people to get something like, like that started, which is what Good Eggs is uh, actually doing very much of and Holly Grove right, is doing. Show, and it, yeah. it, it's very, it, it, it's starting to catch on. Which is great, you know. And we started. We we tried uh, doing that like in '08, something like that. Some very early. Yeah, and tried bringing. <laughs> basically, it is just getting farmers and chefs to meet each other, and to understand each other, and just to be like, okay, I. This is what I need. This is what I can do. I can do that. And huh. not everybody clicked, but we definitely met a couple of people from from the chef side of it. We definitely met a couple of people who were willing to take the risk and, and do it. And you can see how the uh, Crescent City Farmers Market has grown over the oh, 15 yeah. years. It's amazing, you know. Amazing, it's, yeah. it's great. And, yeah, and, and we're all reap the, the benefits of it, you know. Yeah, yeah everybody benefits. And New Orleans is really, um, like you said, too, it's really exciting because people, not only are people coming here and going to school and staying, but people are moving here because of things that like movements like that and you know uh it's just really i mean good egg is from san francisco and they saw the um benefit of being here and 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 i I just i'm so thrilled and Mm -hmm. i'm so glad that you are still uh plugging away at it and you uh, started in 2008 or 2007 actually i'm trying to remember when i bought something from you rain barrel yeah my rain barrel wow what a memory wow you have to sell a lot of rain barrels how do you remember me but (laughs) but yeah yeah i I, um i bought a rain barrel from you like 2007 or 8 i think and i was i got it i got the idea from my friend ken castriva i don't know if you remember him he bought a rain barrel from you right before that and then we bought another one for our church our church has got a rain barrel from you too so we got three but Mm -hmm. um yeah it's great. I still use it. It's about 100 feet from here. And it, oh, that's great. You know, great. it all makes sense. And Demetra has explained to me about bioswales, um, which a, a lot of the plans that they have with EcoUrban makes so much sense for New Orleans. And if we get out of the, you know, plant uh, ornamentals that come from nowhere around here that make no right, sense to right. be here. Uh, but I'll let Demetra explain that. She's a lot better at that than <laughs> I am. Well, uh, let's see. Yeah, so we try to use native plants and edibles as much as possible because our company's mission is basically to put function into landscapes and um, we actually started our company uh, in the middle of a permaculture class Um, my business partner Travis Cleaver and I uh, both took a permaculture class and then out of that we were able to buy some materials from um, our uh, professor basically who was teaching the class Um, and that's how eco urban was born just with this idea that wow you can have a yard that is productive and you know has bountiful things and you're putting your energy to good use and then we tie all these different elements together like Eman started mentioning the um so once you have your natives your low water plants um cisterns we've perfected cisterns a lot lately and we're actually uh finalists in the water challenge this year what's the water challenge the water challenge (laughs) is um a pitch event it's a pitch competition uh, sponsored by the Idea Village and the Greater New Orleans Foundation. Yeah. And so we're one of four companies left out of uh, 12 parishes. 
and wow. there's a grand prize of fifty thousand dollars. Whoa! Yeah. Yay. Woo! <laughs> I hope we get that. <laughs> and so, um, so we'll be pitching a seven-minute presentation to um, a panel of venture capitalists and entrepreneurs and various judges. You have a one in four chance of getting fifty thousand dollars. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's so I've been wow. working a lot lately. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and cutting down on the runoff, we do get so much rain. Um, yeah. But planting the the indigenous species, they soak up more of the water. They right. hold more of the water using the neutral grounds as uh, right. as water holding spots, keeping mm -hmm. it from going into the drainage canals, lowering yep. the amount of water that we're just pouring more concrete, more concrete, right. more concrete. It all just yeah. runs into the drainage canals, and we know what that happens. What becomes of that? When I bought my rain barrel, I was thinking of this. 40-gallon rain barrel is um, uh, times 215,000 homes in New Orleans is 8 million gallons wow. of water. And, you know, the, the pump system can handle, what, an inch an hour the first hour and then a half inch right, after yeah. that or something like that. And it's like, you know, you get these downpours and then we have these sort of flash floods. What happened was my car, I got before I got rid of my car, my car flooded three times. Oh I had to get my car towed away through on Magazine Street, uptown, you know? And I realized, like, hey, if everybody had a rain barrel and we just caught the first 40 gallons, you know, there would, it wouldn't be as much flash flooding. Yeah, slow down. Exactly. I, I read a dissertation by two Dutch um, engineers that basically showed there's ways to control, apart from, a, like, a levee break and a massive sort of thing, but there's ways to control almost all flooding in New Orleans just through planting and irrigation and, and stuff that you guys do. And right. so I, I get excited about that. And, and I'm really excited about the larger cisterns that we're doing now. Um, right now, residential-wise, we're doing, um, I'd say, um, well, anywhere from 500 to 1,500 gallons for residential. But wow. we're fully prepared to scale up for schools and do 12,000 gallons, uh, multiple 12,000 gallons at schools. And, and what so can you do with that water? Can you drink that water, too? Not here <laughs> yet. Great question. No, here in Louisiana, you can only use rainwater for outdoor irrigating purposes. Right. So what we do is we set up everything you need in the cistern, fully pressurize the rainwater. We have filters so that everything's good to go to connect to your irrigation system. Um, we have licensed irrigation contractors. Um, we have a municipal water backup system. And it's so cool because you turn on the hose bib and it's just like regular fully pressurized rainwater. And we've really perfected our design lately. Um, we actually have this really cool system where the new rain comes in and it actually flushes the old rain out rather than just, you know, Mixing. letting. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. really interesting. So so we have a really cool design on the, the overflow for that. You guys um, designed that? Um, we found some things that inspired <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. our version of the design. That's <laughs> so that's for watering all your stuff. So something it's like the green like school cooking. that has sort Come of on. green. <laughs> Everything is. <laughs> no original Nothing ideas. Is, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, they're, they're just on taking it to <laughs> a, a different level and making pie, it you know, your own. Putting I mean, two things together. <laughs> you didn't invent the pie? Well, I didn't <laughs> either of them. I thought you did the ramen noodle. Oh, okay. Um, well, that's really interesting. I, uh, that, that's super. I, lo I love the idea of like flushing out the water, too, because my, my problem with my rain barrels is I forget to empty them out once in a while when I don't use them enough, mm -hmm. and it gets kind of stagnant in there, mm -hmm. and then every once in a while I got to dump it all out and kind of clean the thing out and stuff, and you know, it's kind of nasty and, and swarmy. Yeah, I was thinking there, about yeah. that for a while because yeah. that's, you know, that one problem I was just trying to figure out, so... Now so you found a way great, to like flush it out. Yeah, this great flushing system. Well, and, I, and I just know rainwater works so much better on plants than like the tap water. It's unbelievable. Like there's parts of my yard that I water with the hose, and there's parts I use the rain barrel, and the parts that I use the the rain barrel. It's like oh, there's so much stuff in the uh, 
in the yes. tap water. Well, the they put it in there to kill germs, it. right? <laughs> it's <laughs> meant to kill life. And then in the winter, it's they put right, other so things in. So it kills what you you spray it on too. It's basically yeah. low. It's like low uh, bleach is what yeah, it is, right? It, low it density like bleach. bleach. <laughs> it smells like bleach. It's like pool water, basically, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yet the rain, the rain is. I mean, rain's got impurities in it too, and there's impurities from the roof, I guess. But it's so much less than what you're getting from the tap, I think. And my plants love it. That's all I know is the, the plants right. that use the rain, the rain barrel. They love it. And more importantly, not more importantly, but the soil microbes, uh, like all, all the life in the soil, that's especially what you want to keep alive because uh, you need those microbes to help the plants take up nutrients. And so um, like real people that are really, really um, particular about the roses, the only water with rainwater, you know, people uh, like that are really going for the quality. And what's good to put in the soil for the... Uh, Oh, the roses. compost. I thought you were going to say blood because they used to allow um, people to take their blood home. Our roses. What? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's wait, 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 <laughs> how can they take their blood home? Like, wait, My wait, father had a disorder where he had to give blood every month. Okay. He produced excess iron. So... They would let Never him take it. his blood home, and we would put him on the roses. And it's the most beautiful. These roses are still, wow. I mean, he's passed away 20-something years ago, and the roses still look fantastic. And I swear, I think it's because the That's the so blood. goth, and, like, it's so, like, yeah, Anne Rice, like, New Orleans, yeah. like, oh, pouring blood we on the roses. No, <laughs> blood and roses. It sounded like a great, like, album yeah. name or whatever. Yeah, like. That's so eerie and creepy. And we weren't e didn't even have a green thumb. I mean, it wasn't like my mom was some master gardener. But so you anyway, do this I'm sorry about neighbors, that. Like neighbors are watching perfect. you come yeah, out. You're pouring a bunch of plasma all over the like. All right, let's warn everybody. Don't go out and bleed all over <laughs> your roses <laughs> right now. We're not promoting <laughs> that. We are not. But what but you can do is buy blood meal and okay. put down bone meal too. So that's a byproduct of the agricultural industry or, or the you know, know livestock it. industry. And that so works you can. great for roses. Yeah, because it, it, yeah. So are there plants. any local, I mean, is that something that we could get locally? You know what you can get locally is a crawfish meal. Ooh. Which works really well, like um, huh. a fish emulsion. Very cool stuff. That's made locally. Do you, you guys sell that as well? Um, we can get it. Get we it use it as it. a okay. part on a, um, as one of our fertilizers on our uh, for our maintenance crew. Did we you don't used to use um, coffee grounds too? Oh, and you can buy coffee grounds by the truckload. And we actually have our own eco urban. Um, we have a black and a gold mix of soil of oh. uh, composted soil. The black mix has coffee grounds mixed in with really high-quality topsoil, so it's already amended. I just asked Fabulous. the coffee shops if they have any extra. The people that pick theirs up often are tardy, and so they'll have a big buildup. So so one time, uh, Cafe Luna gave me 50 pounds of coffee grounds, and then I realized, like, how am I going to carry these home to put in my compost box? <laughs> so I, was, I got great <laughs> exercise that day. It was only, like, four blocks, but it was, like, unbelievable carrying a big so you sack. You do of have a compost box. That, yeah, I do have a compost box. That's also yeah, a good yeah. thing, too. And, and yeah. it helps the environment also you know it's not only good for your plants and it keeps more things out of the garbage right and the garbage heaps it lowers the amount if again eight million uh gallons of compost we could you know right, keep right. out of the uh out of the compost heap and it's and it's it's raising our taxes it's uh you know the municipality has to maintain the dumps and then it's the big issue of what you do with it and then stuff that's there is getting ca contaminated by stuff there it's ruining the whole you know, in, in the dump, and it's like to be able to make mm -hmm. your own stuff and, you know, cut back on your garbage production to yeah. me is great. And it's great. not that hard, right? Oh, it's easy. Very yeah. easy. 
Oh, it's so easy. I like to say it's the easiest way to save the world. And then my business partner, Travis, says don't make promises like that, <laughs> but I think it is. Well, well to me, <laughs> one of the problems is like the soil here is full of lead, right? Because you got all these old houses that got sanded at some point. And you got lead everywhere. And all have a suggestion shelf. for that, right? <laughs> yeah. oh, don't you have suggestions for lead in your soil um, plants? Um, okay, yes. There's some that can be planted. Um, well, there's... We don't really deal much with lead remediation, mm -hmm. but you can do sunflowers and a lot of um, brownfields remediation has been done with tubers or like potatoes, huh. using a lot of um, potato type But you don't crops. eat that crop. No, you don't. You don't <laughs> eat the crop no. that's coming out because it's full of lead, but yeah. it's sucking lead out of the soil. But it, it, it helps clean the well, soil. Well, here's the thing. I, like, I, I plant like 12 different things in my little teeny tiny yard, my 30 by 30 backyard, right? I have like all these different things, but I'm afraid to put them in the ground because of the lead. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I put them all in raised things yes. that I use that I fill with comp my compost or I buy some clean soil, I hope it's clean soil, and I put it in there and um, stuff that doesn't have the chemical fertilizer, you know. And uh, I'm just, you know, but I'm, I'm scared to death to put anything in the ground. The only thing I have in the ground that I use is a lemon tree, and they claim that the they claim the lead doesn't get into the fruit in the lemon tree. Do you think that's true, or is somebody lying that's about that? That's my understanding about it, uh, because the lead uh, molecules are too large to pass through the embryonic membrane, oh, uh, okay. or like the membrane between the tree and the fruit. We've got so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about other contaminants that that, that lead we're getting. So will y'all y'all will build raised oh. boxes and yes yes we will we will build raised planters and we actually have some really cool prefab ones that are waist high for people that don't want to bend over while they garden. Um, some of those nice guys. Wow, <laughs> we're starting to run out of time. Believe it or not, oh, Margo. No, already, no, we got about ten no. minutes left. So I want to find out more about. Uh, where Dimitri's from, and what's your background? Did you grow up uh, on a farm? What got you inspired by this? Well, let's see. Okay, I was born in New Orleans, but I All wasn't right. raised here. I was only I left when I was three, um, because my mother is <laughs> a fluvial sedimentologist. What huh? is she, that? It means that she studies uh, rivers and did her dissertation on uh, levee washout. <laughs> so she said, "We're not raising." Oh, no, she knew too much, huh? So anyway, but my whole life, made, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to come back here because we always had Mardi Gras beads on Christmas trees, and I'd go to preschool, I would um, rubber band doubloons to my feet. So where'd you grow up? In Virginia. <laughs> in Virginia, okay. <laughs> Mostly in Virginia. <laughs> it didn't work there. It was always weird. Feet. You're the weird kid. Well, because I know, but, you know, it seemed perfectly normal to do. It's just And, you know, and so I feel like, you know how you see little kids and they're, they dance here? They're like, yeah. they're so little and they dance. And I feel like that was always me. People are like, what are you doing at prom or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're, You're really dance dancing. At a dance. <laughs> so I really wanted to come back here. So Tulane was my, um, my way to get back here. Um, and then I just always was interested in uh, the environment and, and finding a way to create change not just study problems but mm. yeah, as a science major I was just like always learning about problems so I was like no we have to create solutions none of this theorizing and that's lamenting. a great attitude yeah. yeah that is a great attitude you know it's let's exciting. let's just do it don't anybody could stand around and complain <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like after after the storm um, the city was overtaxed with a lot of things right and and the neutral ground in my neighborhood, and I'm sure in a lot of neighborhoods, was not being attended to. And you could sit around and just complain about it all the time. Ah, the city's not <laughs> mowing the neutral ground. Right. I bought a lawnmower and just <laughs> mowed the neutral <laughs> ground, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, for two blocks that it runs by, by my house. You know, and it's just like, yeah. anybody can complain about it. Plus Go ahead and make a change. It's, it's like inspiring. city park. It's really inspiring yeah. when people 
go out and do something. And I mean, when when I met you, y'all were kind of new. I mean, fresh business, and it was really you had an energy that um, I mean, I know nothing about gardening, and but I really wanted to uh, do something different and y'all were really inspiring it's just it's wonderful and 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 i think too it like y'all said it can cross over i mean even though there are natural connections between your businesses you you um took the time to support her and and create and collaborate and try other things and i think that's what's uh this city really brings out in people mm. And Somebody took the time and did it with me. Yeah. You know, pass it along, right? Each one help mm -hmm. one, right? Amen. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, do we have to do the book of questions? Can we get it in there? Or do you want to, do you have a few more questions? We, let's, let's do the book of questions. Come on. Let's break okay. it up. Yeah. All right. We're going to um, make y'all uncomfortable now. Just okay. in the last okay. couple this is, minutes. This, yeah. The, Demetria, this was written before you were born, I think. And it, it sounds like it's some of these questions are all about, like, you know, Reagan and perms and all kinds of 1980s <laughs> things. So <Perm>. <laughs> <laughs> they still give perms? I guess they do, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I think all right. Permaculture. Permaculture. Okay. There yeah. you go. <laughs> That's the only perm. Nobody was doing about. farm to table in this book. Was <laughs> no, that was not. <laughs> no one, there were no eco-urbans. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Iman. Nobody had what a compost is, box. Iman, what is your favorite number? Between Six. one and two hundred and seventeen. Six. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I, I, I like the curves on the six. That's <laughs> my, my favorite. That's cool. <laughs> oh boy. You discover your wonderful one-year-old child is because of a mix-up at the hospital, not yours. Oh wow. Would you want to exchange the child to correct? The mistake. <laughs> how how <laughs> long after the mistake do I one discover? Year. One a year. year. Oh, a, a, after a year. Um, that's a that's a crazy theoretical <laughs> question there. Uh, no. Yes. How's that, <laughs> <laughs> How's that for an answer? <laughs> As, uh, uh, you know, can I, I could give you a, a fourteen-year-old. You know, <laughs> we discover a mix-up. You know, well, that that makes it easier. Are you dealing with a teenager? I got a sixteen-year-old and a thirteen-year-old. So wow! Yeah. Oh. But it's they are actually great. I'm just kidding. <laughs> are they uh, working? Do do you do they? Uh, do they work do in summer the jobs? Ah! No. <laughs> <laughs> I think I cured them of that early. I brought them in the kitchen when Scrubbing they were like pants. eight. And had them wrapping fish, <laughs> and it's not just you working in. A, you know, you working at home. You have two fish fillets, three fish fillets. You working in the kitchen. You have forty, fifty, and just wrapping it. Like I'm so tired of wrapping fish. Please <laughs> let me stop. You know. <laughs> All right. Stay in school. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Do well. All right, Demetria. We have to uh, do it to you. Okay. What is your favorite number? Seventeen. Seventeen. I'm gonna let Ray ask this one. All right. <laughs> I can read it without my glasses. All right. Would you be willing to become extremely ugly physically if it meant you would ha you would live for a thousand years at any physical age you chose? So you could be a really ugly 20-year-old for a thousand years. I feel like um, maturing in age, knowing there's a finite destination, mm -hmm. is helpful 
to understand humanity. So I feel like I'd be missing out on sharing an experience with all my colleagues. You got this book at have all. It, I do. <laughs> <laughs> practice this. That sounds like Miss America. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, yeah. uh, no. I didn't have a hard question. Answer. I don't wow. think she deserves if there are ever eco-urban um, pageants, um, you, 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 you could win the question. Up. It's called the water challenge. The water challenge. <laughs> if they ask you this question in the water challenge in that seven minutes, you got it. Can we come support? <laughs> yeah. Is there any... It is open to the public. Cool. Yes. Um, okay. And I it's have to at the, the Idea dates. Village? Like on, was that 600 block a magazine? It's actually going to be at somewhere else that just forgot where well, but we could put up uh when we'd like to have y'all put up uh tell us your information web information yeah yeah we can post and, all and that on our website and yeah yeah, yeah. and Maybe so it'll be we a, part have of a link to that as well perfect too. and it's part of um new orleans entrepreneur week and there's a whole day of water sustainability forums and things and then i think the pitch itself is just open to everybody but anybody can register for this different parts of new orleans entrepreneur week and learning more about the Dutch dialogues and all these things that we sort of glazed over. Very huh. exciting. Very exciting. Okay, when is that? Entrepreneurial Week? Oh, boy. I'm just doing one day at a time. I think it's around March 24th. I am sorry. I should know. We'll, we'll but put up a link. <laughs> great, great. So tell us Eco Urban's website and how mm -hmm. people can uh, reach y'all and get more information. Our new website, which is very exciting that we just released that, is www eco urban which is e c o u r b is in boy a n l l c dot com and we have this cool little get a quote form now so you can click different things i'm interested in a deck patio hardscape you know all kinds of different things and we will get that information and man it's great to have all up. that with one click everybody you know it's, if your if your website is easy to use if all the information's right there and it's easy to use people are going to hang around and they're going to it's so important now to have such a uh, one-stop shopping website it's great is that how dante's is and uh yeah, we're like six five. seven stops you know? <laughs> <laughs> we still can do you have one site you share from the two uh restaurants no we have, we have two separate ones okay um, and what what are the addresses for those Dante's Kitchen.com and Noodle and the word and pie. So what happens if somebody just does Dante's instead of Dante's Kitchen? They end up about like the Inferno or something like what it's happens? Generally the Inferno or there's a rock band from Iceland or a <laughs> punk band from Iceland. <laughs> Hard uh, to mix Dante's those up. Kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> probably, yeah. Okay. Will you tell us um, the hours of each restaurant and uh, okay. locations, please? Oh, right. Uh, Dante's Kitchen is at 736 Dante Street in New Orleans, way uptown. Um, and we are open for dinner only Monday, what, let's say Wednesday through Mondays, because that means we'll close Tuesday, um, 6 to 10, and then brunch on the weekends. And then Noodle and Pie is open every night of the week. That is at 741 State Street, which is one block from here where we're State recording Magazine. right now. Yep. On the corner of State Magazine. One of my favorite restaurants. And yes. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's open every night from 530 till 930 or something like that when people stop. You know, so it's all right. And Great. I just want to say, I always think, I explain noodle and pie as, like, it's this crazy concept where they have east meets west because it's the noodle and the pie. Because they're not disparate. They're intentional. They're 
you know, it's like it's like a yin yang. That's how I explain ah, it. Yeah. Oh. Comfort food for everybody. They don't yeah, have pies in the east. Uh, <laughs> no, not they don't have apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> they have persimmon pie. Okay. Yeah. And you don't so make persimmon pies? No. <laughs> we stay away from that. We don't want to mix everything up. It'll be a big jumble. All right. Well, thank y'all so much. Y'all, unfortunately, the fake stars are starting to fade. The sun is coming up in this. Um, I was looking sun. at that. That is really cool. <laughs> See, I went up there on the balcony, and I was wow, look at that. The magic of LED. <laughs> yes, a little bit of black felt. LED stars are, um, are yeah, it's like an Elvis paint. Felt Elvis. Yeah, yeah black Elvis. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, so that means our time is up, but we really appreciate y'all coming and joining us tonight on Midnight, Midnight Menu Plus One. We know your time is uh, really valuable, and we appreciate I, I it. I had a ton of fun. I did, All right. too. Thank y'all so much. Well, our special guests tonight have been Iman Lubier and his Plus One, Demetria Cristo of Eco Urban. You can find out more about... Uh, Iman's Restaurants, Dante's Kitchen, and Noodle and Pie at our website, and also about Demetria's Eco Urban. We can follow closely the competition that's upcoming as well. Um, you can find all that at itsneworleans.com. Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Grant Morris, and Chris Keogh is our technical director. And this fabulous audio quality that you hear is by PreSonus Audio Electronics. Makes all kinds of wonderful things. Visit presonus.com for more information. You can get in touch with us here at Midnight Menu Plus One by going to our website, it's neworleans.com, and from there you can follow us on Twitter, find us on Facebook, sign up for our mailing list, get all kinds of swag. Uh, And while you're at itsneworleans.com, you can listen to other episodes of Midnight Menu Plus One and our other shows, Happy Hour, Mindset, True to the Game, Vietnola, Out to Lunch, and others. And if you're listening to the show on iTunes, uh, please rate us and review us. It helps other people to find us. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. So we meet here again. I am Ray Kanata. And I'm Margo Moss. Thanks. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.